Hello and welcome to the podcast of Vineyard Church here in Maryville, Tennessee. We post our Sunday messages here each week, as well as our conversations episodes, which include interviews, special announcements, and in-depth teaching. You can visit vineyardchurch.us to learn more about us or to access the audio archive. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And now, here's the episode. All right. Hello. Good to see you guys. Welcome to the Vineyard. My name is Aaron. Uh, serve day is this Saturday, so register for that if you haven't already. Let it land. Register. Best way to do that is on the app. So if you don't have the app, get the app. Church Center and the App Store will lead you there. I know that I am, uh, I'm up here earlier than usual Hope that's okay with you guys. I'm just, I needed to get up here earlier, so I'm going to teach for a tight 60 minutes. <laughs> Who's ready? Who's up for it? That is nervous laughter if I've ever heard it. It's like, tell me he's, jo- please tell me he's joking. I'm joking. Uh, I'll, I'll talk an amount of time. I don't know. And then uh, we'll have some worship there toward the end. We're sort of monkeying around with the uh, order of service here, uh, at least for the next several weeks, uh, just doing a little experimenting, nothing to see here, just trying to evaluate things a little bit. Uh, we'll do that at least for the course of this series, this series, a new one we're starting today called Empowered. Uh, what's interesting about this one is there are hundreds of vineyard churches who are spending several weeks together all at the same time. Uh, talking about the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit and doing that up until Pentecost Sunday. So uh, we're really excited to sort of join with the bigger family and be a part of that. And as we do that, starting today, we're going uh, to look at it today in Ephesians chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles and want to follow along, that's where we are headed. We'll get there in a few minutes. Take a minute to pray. Just welcome God's presence. Holy Spirit, please come. You make us aware of your presence in this place. God, thank you for the way... Uh, Lord, you inhabit our praises. You're already here. When we gather in your name, you join us. When we worship, you join us, God. You make us just all the more aware of your presence. And Lord, if there's anything you have for us to hear, man, we just don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. So Holy Spirit, come. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in this room, even as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. All right, it's good to see you guys. Good to see the folks online as well. Uh, we're going to jump right in. I want to talk about the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, about how we as Christians, and that means you, if you're a believer, that means you, even you, you, can be like actually empowered by God, as in supernaturally empowered by God. The way the Bible talks about it, what it feels like on just about every page, the way the, the stuff in the Bible can be the stuff in our lives. We can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say that, I think a whole bunch of us sort of arrange ourselves into one of two categories. There's one group of people when I stand up here and say, guys, we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit and we can lean into that as a church body. There's a whole subset of people in the room going, oh no, I like this church and you're going to make it weird. I knew you were going to do it. You're going to make it weird. I'm here because you're not as weird. You're like the least weird church I could find, and we're here, and, and you're, going to make, you're going to turn this into a freak show. I knew this was going to happen. You're going to install chandeliers just so people can swing from them. That's what's happening. Why are you doing this to my church? That's one group. 
There's another group who are like, it's about time. Let's go. We're going to have real church now. We're going to do it for real. None of this play church. We're going we're to go. All right. Okay. That's another group. Then there's another group who's like, I don't know what any of you guys are talking about. And I'm just glad you're here. That's great. Um, you hang out in church for very long. People get weird about this subject. If God empowers us, how God empowers us is just this really divisive subject. And we treat it kind of like we do politics. You know, on, on politics, we tend to sort of divvy up in the two camps, and then we know it gets more and more extreme and more polarized. And then when there's extreme polarization, we tend to fear and vilify the other side, and we tend to really anchor in and get stubborn and dig in our heels on the side that we're on. Okay, well, that's politics. People have done the same thing about the conversation around the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. So the trouble is, I'm tired of not talking about it. I want to talk about it. Uh, but for a whole bunch of us, the conversation has already been hijacked by like wild exaggerations or like ridiculous caricatures on either side. So I've wrestled with doing this series because that's just a lot to overcome. And it really shouldn't be that way. I mean, rather than having a hopeful conversation about what God might do, it's kind of become this debate about the fantastic and in some cases the absurd, and it has gone far afield from what the Bible actually says about it and how the Bible talks about it. So I want to I do that. I want to do the Bible stuff. You in? All right, let me tell you a weird story. I got plenty of weird stories to make it uncomfortable. I was, um, I was uh, this is a few years ago, I was preaching, uh, and I, I was off note, which is never a good idea. I was off my notes and doing something off to the side, and I was trying to think of the name Benny Hill. Do you guys know Benny Hill? He's this, like, really sort of far-fetched, goofy, slapstick comedian, um, a lot of physical humor uh, from, like, the 70s and the 80s. And I was trying to think of the name Benny Hill, but instead what came out was Benny Hinn. Some of your minds already went there, didn't they? And I was like, oh no, I said the wrong thing and now I've lost the room. So um, I, just, I just made a dumb junk. I said, I, I said ah, Benny Hinn, Benny Hill, same difference, and just kept going. That was in poor taste. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, but I was off note, you know. And anyway, no big deal. Next Sunday, there's a guy in the church, super nice guy, super kind, lots of integrity, just a good, godly man. Pulls me aside, and he goes, hey, can I talk to you for just a second? He's so kind about it. Pulls me to the side, and uh, so it's just the two of us talking, and he pulls out this big, thick folder that he had with him, and he said, I just want to show you something. And he said, here are the scans for my inoperable brain tumor, the prognosis that says I essentially had no hope. Here's what, and he points it out to me. And he goes, and here are the scans from after I went to the Benny Hinn healing service where the tumor's entirely gone, and here's the doctors explaining how they have no idea what happened, and it's entirely inexplicable. And he just smiled and put it back in his bag and walked away. He didn't say, hey, man, don't, like, be throwing shots at my guy. Like, he was so kind about it, and then he just walked away. Now, you might go, well, Aaron, do you believe that story? I do believe that story. I would have believed that story without the medical verification, although that was pretty cool. Um, he's a good man of integrity. He was a friend of mine. I, I, I trust his word. So I do believe that story. You might also ask, well, Aaron, do you find 
things about Benny Hinn, for example, to be, to be off-putting or perhaps even biblical? My answer would be, yes, I do. There's a lot that I find off-putting and some that I find unbiblical. So then you might wonder, all right, because we're having this is how this conversation goes. Are you for or against Benny Hinn? I just want to, that's the type of question, the type of polarization that moves us away from the actual point and keeps us from asking the real questions that matter about how God's spirit works in this world and in his church. So instead of the sort of binary thing, how about some nuance? Eh? Nuance? Some of you are like, no, Aaron. Um, I don't know if you heard, but nuance is dead. It was murdered around 2015. I don't know if you remember, but it's gone now. Um, I just want to say, no, it's not true. It's not dead. It's just mostly dead. <laughs> like Billy Crystal style, mostly dead. It's not true, and it's, and it's actually, it's not true here. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the last few years here at our church, we, we've actually gotten better at nuance. Have you guys noticed that? It's like one of my favorite things about you people. We've gotten good at it. Um, this church is just increasingly filled with reasonable people who have set down their own agendas. They just love Jesus and they just want what he wants. And so we've gotten, gotten pretty good at that and just looking for God's heart. And so also there's just this growing sense of expectation around, you know, if we walk with Jesus and love our neighbor, then we can experience God's power at work in our lives, whatever that looks like. And so that's happening. So I really do think that now is a good time. Now, you could push back and go, I don't know, Aaron. Um, Holy Spirit's like the weirdest subject out there. It is the week after Easter. There's probably new people in the room, maybe new Christians in the room. Shouldn't you do a series about the love of God, maybe, instead of about the Holy Spirit? Um, fair question if you were thinking it. Here's the thing. When I read the book of Acts, what I see again and again, and you, you church kids will know this, I see again and again the, the apostles leading people to Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit is like the first thing they talk about. There, there, there's not like some waiting period. There's not, it just, they just dive right in. And this is because, and don't miss it, a series about the Holy Spirit is a series about the love of God. And that's, that's what's been lost. Lost in the, the debate about Benny Hinn or whichever flavor of TV preacher you prefer. Lost in all that is the simple truth that God loves us. And because of his love for us, he gifts us and empowers us and heals us so that we might thrive, so that we might be well in this broken world. God's empowering presence has never been about parlor tricks or flashy preachers with diamond cufflinks and a private jet to reach the nations. It's always been about the love of God for a broken world and his desire to see us thrive. I think we're going to see that in today's text, Ephesians chapter 3. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, by the way, uh, is a great way to pray for someone. If there's someone you love and you want to pray for them, and you're like, I don't know what to pray, pray Ephesians 3. This is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. 
Uh, pray this for me, uh, please. That'd be great. Pray this for one another. It's just fantastic. Here we go, verse 16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you. There's that word. Who's got lots of resources. It's infinite, unlimited resources. We're praying that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Inner strength. I'll tell you another story. This one's really weird. Um, I was in college, and there was this big, big revival that was going on. And all the things that you've ever heard about happening in a church, you know, the stuff that maybe excites you or maybe makes you nervous, all of those things were reported to be happening in bulk at this place. And I wanted to go. I was curious. So I went. I brought both versions of myself. I brought my open and believing self, and I brought my cynical and critical self. We just came together and to go, to go observe for an evening. And it was, it was quite an evening, man. Uh, worship was just phenomenal, and the message, it was, it was good. But then it was all just sort of leading up to the altar call where everybody, where everybody gets prayer, you know. And this was the part that I really just wanted to observe. So it's the end of the service, and then the place is packed. And then all the pews just empty. They just empty. And everybody goes up to the front, just squeezing in, just like sardines, as tight as they could be. And the guy who's like in charge, like the, the man of God, you know, the great man of God, which I don't like that, but that was, that was kind of the vibe, you know. He was going through just praying for everybody. And all the stuff, man, it was all the stuff. Everything was happening, all the stuff. And I'm just watching. And I'm in this huge section of pews. There's just two people in it. Everybody went to get prayer, except for me. And this other woman, who she was a few rows in front of me, and I've been watching her. She was just worshiping her heart out. And she, you could tell. She was like, I think she was just already encountering God's love. So what does she, she doesn't need anything else. She's just worshiping her heart out. It was awesome. So I was kind of watching her and watching what was going on. And then the guy who's like the guy, he's praying for everybody. And he works his way up, up in the aisles because people didn't fit in the altar. So he worked his way up in the aisle. And I'm sitting by the end. So he just walks right by me. And then he stops, sort of in this knowing way. And then he looks and looks at me and goes, mm -mm, and then looks beyond to that lady who's up here. He's kind of looking at the back of her head, you know. And then he sort of trains his eyes on her. <laughs> this is real weird. It's okay. You'll get nervous. It's okay. Everybody just relax. <sighs> it sounds weird. You can laugh at it when it happens. It's okay. So he sort of looks at her and looks at me again. And this is what he does. It's so weird. He goes, like that. He just he didn't make a sound, but I want to make a sound. Pew! He just does this. And then, sure enough, that lady just, poof, she falls and rolls. Like, I just see limbs appearing over the pews. It's like, what? And then I looked at the guy, and the guy looks at me and kind of goes like this. It just keeps praying for people. And then, here's the moment I was waiting for, and it happened. This is what I was, I was like, it's got to happen. It's going to happen. I had to wait like 20 minutes. But then, sure enough, the, the moment came when she's like, <laughs> she pulls herself up from the back of the pew, and she's like, what was that? She's like trying to figure out what happened. It was really funny. So anyway, you hear this story. Some of you are going, that is proof. There we go. She couldn't even see, she didn't see it coming. That's how you know. And other people are like, she was a plant. It was social engineering. They had worked out a cue. Hey, look, I don't know. I'm open to either. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I got a theory, but whatever. So what do we do with stuff like that, all right? What do we do with that? Now, here's the thing. The reason why I told that story in particular is because, look, I, we'll get there. I believe in all the spiritual gifts. God is moving in all the ways, man. I, I'm, I'm so incredibly open to these things. 
But I think what we tend to do when we talk about the empowering work of the Holy Spirit is we think about stuff like that, like, ah, I don't know, lightning bolts from our hands and it's a Christian gunslinger, you know, you know, God's doing this, bam, bam, and just these people who just walk around and do stuff like that guy did, just pew, 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 pew. Can we set aside how real or not real those things are? And can we just look at what the text is saying? What this text is saying, and there are others, I know, it's a bigger conversation, but what this text is saying is that the empowering work of the Spirit is, first of all, an inner work. That's first. And it's about inner strength. Um, Can we put verse 16? Well, we'll we'll just keep going. Um, Verses 16 and 17, we'll read together. I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Let's leave that up because we're going to reference it. The empowering presence of the Holy Spirit is not just the outward stuff. It's first and foremost an inner work. And that inner work is to make us deeply rooted in the love of God. And he goes, that's, that's what makes you, strong, makes you strong. Inner strength. And not, not being a Christian gunslinger. And look, again, I believe in every single spiritual gift. I desperately hope you will use every single spiritual gift that God makes available to you. But most of us know examples of people who have used their spiritual gifts but lost their rootedness, their foundation in God's love. And the focus shifted exclusively onto the outer work of the Spirit. They neglected the inner work of the Spirit and it didn't go well. This is first, this is foremost. Deeply rooted in the love of God. Not the power of God. I believe in the power of God. I need the power of God. And so do you. Let's go power. But first, deeply rooted in what defines him above all else. The love of God. A couple more verses. And may you have power. There it is again. May you have the power to understand. When we think of power, again, we think Christian gunslinger. He's talking about getting our minds around something. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Again, you can leave that up because we're just going to keep talking about Paul's writing, again, Paul's writing about something miraculous here. And I don't want you to miss the miraculous aspect of this just because there aren't a lot of fireworks associated with it. He prays for power. Supernatural, miraculous power. But it's a power to understand. To grasp hold of something transcendent. It's not not Christian gunslinger power. But it is. It's real power. He's asking for the impossible. 
He's asking for a miracle. He's asking for us to have supernatural power to comprehend the incomprehensible. For us to, by some miracle, at least begin to comprehend how wide, how long, how high, how deep the love of God is for us. And then he acknowledges the obvious. He goes, well, clearly that's impossible. It's, it's, it's too great for us to fully understand. We can't take it in full. But the miracle here is to understand it more. It's that by the power of God, our capacity to take in and embrace this beautiful truth that he loves us is expanded. That our eyes become wider, our arms become wider as we begin to understand a bit more just how much he loves us. Even though we can't fully understand it. But then he does say, but you can experience it. You can experience it. And then he says, you'll be made complete. So let's, let's, let's recap here. Supernatural power of God to understand God's love. But even then, God's love is so massive, so absolute, that you can't fully understand it. And I don't know this. I don't have a verse for this. I just think it's true. I think part of the reason why we cannot fully understand the love of God, because if you did, it would blow your fuses and you would die. That's what I think. I think it's more than you could possibly take in. Quick story. My, my mom has just a, a beautiful and profound prophetic gift. Like God just reveals things to her. It's remarkable. I could tell stories all day long, but I won't. Um, and I was praying for her, and I was praying about her spiritual gift, and I could see in my spirit uh, her looking at what looked like a big map, like a huge map on a giant table. And she was looking through this little tube, like a, like a paper towel tube or something. And she was just looking through one little spot. So she could only see part of the story, not the whole story. And I asked, I said, Lord, why, why don't you show her the whole, the whole picture? And, and again, you, again, you really can't take it or believe it. Or take it or leave it. It's just my story. You don't have to believe it for sure. But then I just heard the Lord speak clear as a bell. He said, if I showed her the whole story, she would die of joy. I think that's true. First uh, Corinthians 2.9. Sorry, I forgot to put this verse in. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. It's more than we can begin to take in. If so, it would blow all our fuses. That's the love of God. So we can't, we can't take it all in, but we're still talking about a miraculous amount of understanding. Something supernatural here. And even though we can't fully understand it, he says we can experience it. It's there in the text. There's an experience of God's love. And it's more than we can grasp with our little brains, but it will just flood our souls. And then he says, it's still verse 19, we will be made complete. And this is an amazing statement. He says, made complete with all, <laughs> made complete with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from God. What? <laughs> did you read? Did you hear that? I feel like we didn't all corporately gasp together the way we should have. What does that even mean? Made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from... What does that mean? And I'm not doing that thing where I ask a question so I can answer it. I'm asking that question because I'm just stupefied. Like, I don't, I'm asking, what does that even mean? 
made complete with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from God? Let me tell you, if this was not in the Bible, I wouldn't even think to ask for this. Can you imagine just being, what should I ask the Lord for? Oh, I'm going to ask him to be made complete with all of the fullness of life and power. That's a ridiculous thing to even think to ask for. And if I did ever think about this, I wouldn't be brave enough to ask for it. I'd be like, who do I think I am asking for something like that? Made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God? Are you kidding me? You can't ask for that. Who do you think you are? But like, there it is, guys. That's how Paul prays for us. That we will begin to grasp his love, to get rooted in that love, and by his grace, we will experience that love. And apparently, that's the key that kind of unlocks the whole deal. See how he wraps it up here, these last couple of verses. Now he starts talking about some fireworks, 20 and 21. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us. That's a, that's a statement. Not his power, his mighty power. Not at work through other people, through, the, through you. His mighty power at work within us to do this. This is a lot. Um, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That's my, my pastoral observation is that's a whole, whole lot. And I can ask or think for, of a whole lot. And, but apparently it's infinitely more than that. Verse 21, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. So he lays it out like this. You are struck by full-on miraculous awareness of the love of God. You're, just, you're able to take it in a bit more. And then you get deeply rooted in that awareness. The, the inner miracle, that, that inner strength, he says, becomes your foundation. It's what you're planted in. And on a day-to-day basis, we have a tendency to kind of live as if we're planted in other types of soil. Some of us live planted in the soil of anxiety, others in the pursuit of success, others in their insecurities or their fears. I mean, on and on we could go. But he goes, deeply rooted and planted in this soil, the love of God, and it becomes your foundation. It's what anchors you. It's what holds you. And what he's talking about is just this becoming your worldview. If you're, if you're rooted and grounded in the, deeply in the love of God, then that's how you see the world. You go out into the world as someone who is loved by God. You see the people around you with eyes colored by the love of God. It becomes like your worldview, your lenses for everything, your mantra, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. His love for you, his love for this world, he loves you. He loves you. You wake up every day, get deeply planted in that soil. You go live a different kind of life because of it. That's what he's talking about. Deeply rooted in the love of God. You encounter the love of God. You start to understand the love of God. You get deeply rooted in the love of God. And then, apparently, look out. Because when that happens, the power of God is going to do, according to Paul here, more than you can even imagine. So again, A series about the Holy Spirit is a series about the love of God. And if you can get a hold of God's love, then here's the reality, then he can get a hold of you. And when he gets hold of you, apparently you're going to do more than you ever dared dream. 
And somehow in the process, you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Good grief. What an idea. But the key, last time, I'm being redundant on purpose, I know. The key is you and me becoming profoundly aware of God's love, rooted and grounded in his love, understanding his love, encountering his love. His gifts are always about his love. We try to make them about some person's pride. They're not. They're about God's love. So, one last story. Uh, This was uh, a couple of weeks ago at our last worship and prayer night. Our next one's coming up May 7th. And while we were worshiping and praying together, my, my mind just sort of focused on one individual in the room. He's a friend. I love him very much. And I just felt continually led to, to pray specifically for him. And as, as this is happening, I had this, this sort of picture in my mind's eye. And again, I don't have a verse for this. You can take it or leave it. But I had this picture in my mind's eye. It was so clear. Uh, really hard to describe, but it was clear to me that I was looking um, at his inner being, whatever that means. Um, and what I could see were these, like, thorny-looking things. Um, you know, like uh, the seeds when you walk through the woods that get stuck on your clothes, the real prickly ones? That's kind of what it looked like. And they were, like, deeply embedded in this person. Like, a whole bunch of them, deeply embedded. And I, and I just, again, take it or leave it, but I just, I just knew those were lies that he was believing Things that weren't true, that he had taken to be true, and that had gotten deeply embedded into who he was. And I felt the sense of desolation because it was clear to me, that's inoperable. You can't, you can't, you can't get that out. No amount of just, because my mind, you know, my, I just think, okay, probably one good sermon for each. I'm a preacher, so I think a sermon's a solution for everything. One good sermon for each, we'll get those out. And it's like, no, 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 nothing's getting those out. No amount of, you can't. It's too deeply embedded. Too, the, the tentacles go way too far. You can't just pull them out. So there's a sense of desolation that I felt. And then in that, I just saw this inner work. I can't describe it. But that space was just filled with the love of God. I, don't, I, don't, I can't describe what I saw, but it just became filled with the love of God so that there was not room for anything else. And those deeply embedded lies... They just disintegrated. They just couldn't stand in the presence of God's love. And so for the next week or so, I'm like praying every day for this guy that, you know, this would happen. And then I realized, again, I think it was the Lord saying, hey, that's true for this guy. You know who else is true for? Everybody. Everybody. It's not like this guy in another category. No, no, no. All of us. I've said this many times, the only power that Satan has over us is to get us to believe things that aren't true. That's the only real power he has, for us to believe a lie. And it's the love of God that, re- that ushers us into the truth. And it's the truth that sets us free. As we are miraculously, it's a miracle, able to comprehend and grasp and take in just a bit more of his love. Those deeply embedded lies will disintegrate. They cannot stand against the love of God. And we will be free. And when he gets hold of us, apparently he uses us to do amazing things. All right, I'm going to ask the band to come up. They're going to lead us in worship here. Remember we saved sort of the songs toward the end here. 
But before we do, I want to I share, um, this is hard for me, because, you know, as a preacher, you decide you're not going to do certain things. And I decided that I would not use cheesy acronyms, because they're not cool. And I want to be cool, and I want you to like me. But I want you to do this so much that I decided to, to break that rule and go cheesy acronym. I've got a cheesy acronym that's going to show up on the sides. Um, sure? We want to be sure of God's love? So there's this, there's this process. It's, it's all right there in the text. Uh, the first thing is a survey, or you could put salvation there. But I was thinking survey. If we, if we are going to consider the love of God for us, the first thing we need to do is look to our salvation. Look to the cross. God has demonstrated his great love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you're a child of God, then you have chosen to believe the beautiful story of Christ's love demonstrated through the cross. You start there. Remember what he's done to save you. And then start to survey your history. You know, growing up, if I'd asked my dad, like, Dad, do I know you're going to do this or that? Or how can I? Dad would jokingly say, just check my record. This record is, you're my kid. I've been faithful to you every step along the way. You can count on me now too. So can we just, the survey part is about checking his record. And as you do, you'll find that he has been faithful. He has been kind. He has been merciful. He's forgiven you again and again and again. He has restored and healed and renewed again and again and again. So we survey the great love of God. And then we ask to understand. Again, this isn't, I'm going to think so hard that I can understand it. No, no, no. What we read about in Scripture was a power, a supernatural power for us to comprehend and grasp just a little bit more how profoundly we are loved. We're going to ask the Lord, we're going to do this together. We're going to ask the Lord for us to understand. We're going to ask the Lord then that we might be even more deeply rooted. No matter how deeply rooted you have been, you can, the roots can always go deeper. His love is vast and infinite. Those roots can always go deeper. For some of you, you've been planted in other soil. Now it's time to get planted into the soil of God's love and let your roots dig deep into that. And again, that's a work of the Holy Spirit. And that, I want to be very clear, is something I think the Lord can move us forward with today. But this is a lifelong process to be deeply rooted in God's love. And then the other thing the text talked about is to experience an encounter of God's love. And, and it's something he says, I don't know, it just, it just happens. So um, let's pray. This is our Selah. We take a couple minutes to reflect. We do this every week. Let's just take a moment. Spirit, please come and speak to us now. I'm going to ask now that every believer in this room would begin to survey your goodness to them. Your faithfulness, your sacrifice, your mercy, your forgiveness. We can check your record and see that you have been good and you have been faithful. You have forgiven again and again. You have restored, you have healed, you are merciful, you are kind, you are love. So God, I ask that even now a list would begin to populate in our minds. He's been good, he's been faithful, he's been good, he's been faithful. 
course I can trust him. Check his record. Of course I can trust him. Now, God, I don't know any way to do this other than to just ask, but I ask for people in the room right now, you would do the miracle, the inner miraculous work that we just read about. Lord, would you increase our capacity right now to understand we know we can't get our heads all the way around your love, but would you help, uh, help our eyes to be open a bit more to just how profoundly you love us. Holy Spirit, come. Do what we can't do. Do what we can't think ourselves to. But what you've promised, power to understand. God, give us power to understand. ask for every believer in this room, our roots would just go down a bit, just a bit deeper into your love as we understand it and we trust it a bit more than we can set those roots a bit deeper God if we've really put our roots in, in other things Lord would you, would you forgive and would you restore and we begin to set our roots where they belong now so Lord it's a lifelong process to be deeply rooted but can we take a step forward today Lord please meet with us Finally, Lord, uh, we're going to worship you. And as we do, we just ask that we could encounter your love. Just ask that the people in this room would have an experience of your love. It's more than we can understand, but you can flood our souls with it. So as we worship, come, flood our souls with an encounter of your love.